everyone, and welcome to the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, and this is episode 19. This is the podcast where me and my co-host give opinions slash reviews on video games and TV shows that we watch over the week. This week's a little bit different. It's not just one people or two people. We actually have a special guest this week, and I'd like to introduce him first as he is the guest. We have here Megaran. Uh, go ahead and say hi to everybody. Hello. What's going on? Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. We trust me. We appreciate you coming on here uh, for sure. Uh, just tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I call myself the teacher rapper hero. I'm a former educator from Philadelphia who, um, along the way, turned his love for video games and hip hop into one really unique package of things, and um, and that's kind of what I do now. I make rap songs based on my favorite fandoms, so video games, comic books, anime, cartoons, wrestling you know you name it as well as real life like whatever inspires me goes into my music and uh i think gaming definitely comes first that's been something that i think i've been doing for as long as i can remember since i got my first atari 2600 (laughs) christmas way back in the day so i'm like an og original gamer (laughs) that's true now do you have a top three favorite games or anything like that uh man it really depends on the day of the week but you know (laughs) Someone asked me, and I had a good question, is, can you call it in a top three? If a game has like a million sequels, can you just count that game and that whole series as one game or no? Okay. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, you can count a franchise. Yeah, okay. I don't see why not. Just wondering. Uh, if that's the case, <laughs> I'd say Mega Man, Super Mario, and uh, Zelda. Okay, that's in it. a good take another one that i like to ask people too which might be a little bit harder but it kind of it's one of my favorite ones is like your top three arcade games of all time that's a little bit harder but like i for me growing up in the 90s it was all about the arcade so i'm always curious what everybody loves to play well nba jam is still my favorite arcade game forever okay Um, Okay. if i see it i have to put money into it um (laughs) i like the simpsons all right um and I guess I would say X Men, but if I weren't if I weren't gonna say X Men, uh, an arcade game that I have to put money into um, is probably Turtles, Turtles in Time. Okay, the older one, right? Like the '89 or uh, Turtles in Time was the second. Oh, Turtles in Time, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That's that's my favorite one. Okay, I'm a huge fan of uh, Marvel vs. Capcom two. So, like, that's always my go-to. Um, and then I was always a sucker for uh, Bust a Move and Metal Slug, which were usually nice. on the same cabinet, I think. Uh, but those were always my go-to. Barry, did you play many arcade games? Uh, unfortunately, I'm a bit younger than both of you. But <laughs> uh, I do remember going to the bowling alley and playing the Simpsons arcade games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big rhythm game guy, and I don't know if this is considered a arcade game but i used to play a lot of ddr when that was in uh, the bowling alley and arcades that counts i don't yeah. see why not really counts. <laughs> yeah all right yeah you said um you just had an album come out not too long ago correct two hands up i did two hands up came out in may mm-hmm. uh it's a, it's a joint record with myself and another guy young rj who did all the beats uh okay. from a group called slum village so it's a very hip-hop underground soulful vibe album because i think that's kind of what the world needed at the time mm-hmm. uh we did it like six seven months ago but it came out kind of like perfect timing you know like it's about a lot of things that have been going on in the headlines and 
I wanted to do that. Um, <clears throat> usually people hear like smiley faces, video game stuff from me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to give them a, a change of pace because we're in real times. And sometimes real times call for like some real, real things, real music, real opinions. So, uh, but there's still a ton of references. Like I reference games and wrestling probably on every song because that's just such a big part of me. Right. But, um, but yeah, the album Two Hands Up is out now. We did a couple singles. There's Prey, Pressure uh black is beautiful um i think it's some of my best stuff i mean the production is super top notch and uh we work really hard on making like really good palatable digestible songs that a lot of people would would get into so so yeah grab that wherever you can yeah and also i've been uh like as far as you know pandemic going on and and everybody being in lockdown it almost seems like you're actually more busy now than you normally are is that that right (laughs) absolutely right man I'm working like 20 times as hard now <laughs> just to keep things going and moving. Just right. because I don't know, it's weird. I have less of a schedule because when I think about it, like normally I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. If I'm on a plane or something, then like, okay, I can't be doing things. But I'm not on a plane anymore. I'm not driving to an airport. I'm not doing any of these other things that I would normally be doing. So now it's like I have to fill that time right. or else I feel like I'm wasting my life, you know, like I'm just not <laughs> being productive. Right. So that's usually what, what happens with it. Okay. Uh, Barry, do you want to hit us with the news? For the news this week, and we have a little bit of news, so Mm -hmm. uh, let's start with the first one. Microsoft has to stop production of the Xbox Series X and the discless version of the Xbox One S. If if we're going to just do a roundtable discussion, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think this is a great move on Xbox for the most part. I know they're trying to get ramped up and they're trying to leave this generation of gaming behind due to the fact that they started off on such a bad foot. But, uh, you know, if, if you're someone who's looking to just now get into an Xbox, which there are a group of people that want to buy a game, that want to buy a console at the end of a generation so they can play all the games just whenever they want. And Xbox is kind of telling them, hey, you're not going to really be able to do that, at least not, you know, with an Xbox One S or uh, Xbox One X either. So... Right. Uh, if for somebody like me, like it has me a little paranoid because now I'm just kind of hoping and praying that my Xbox One X doesn't go down between now and next console because I'm going to be screwed. Um, <laughs> but also one thing I wanted to tie into it since we have you here, uh, Mega Ran, is uh, both Barry and I have kind of gone back and forth and Barry is on the picking up the PS5 train and I'm on the picking up the Series X train. So we want to kind of get which one you think you're going to go with first. Ooh. I can break the tie here. Um, yeah, you have to break the tie. Man, I, uh, I'll start it. I'll preface it with a little bit of unnecessary info, but okay. background for me, I was Team Xbox my entire existence for as long as I can remember because I was a big Dreamcast fan and I felt like Xbox had done a lot of things that Dreamcast did for me. Um, however, uh, I had an Xbox One and I, I fell out of love with it, man. I just didn't feel like there were enough exclusives um, I just wasn't into it enough. So okay. I wound up trading it in or selling it or something. And then um, I've been a PlayStation guy since. So okay. um, with that being said, I'm a huge Halo fan. So <laughs> for me, if Halo is a launch title, I'm Xbox. It's okay. all the games for me. It's all the games. So therefore, if, if it's not, then I'm, I'm PS5 you know and and i'm gonna wait and reserve judgment until i know if halo is a launch title so that all then comes down to tomorrow with their big reveal 
Mm -hmm. for you for me yeah i mean they probably won't say the release date for it anyway but but i'm really excited i mean i'm i'm playing through the master chief collection now on steam and like the games still give me those feels you know so i'm super into it see that kind of raises the question too of um a lot of people at least that i've talked to are saying you know i uh, halo i'll just wait until it comes out on pc and then i won't even need the xbox because it does seem like microsoft is kind of not given up but maybe pulled back a little bit and be like if you play it on pc or if you play on xbox that's fine we don't really care um and just like like you i'm a diehard xbox fan i have both like i play my playstation and my xbox but i'm always going to be xbox first so Mm -hmm. to me i guess it doesn't matter as much but what do you think barry so with with xbox uh I don't have as big of a strong connection. When I was in high school, all of my friends had Xbox 360. So yeah, I did get an Xbox 360. And mm-hmm. for me, it's Halo 3 and the custom games. I have so many memories of the custom mm-hmm. games on Halo 3 and just expanding my mind as to what you know games and what people can create in a lot of ways. Uh, how about you, Megaran? Like, I, when Halo 3 came out, it was such a big game. Probably one of the biggest that launch events that i can even remember in a lot of ways oh yeah it was it's, it was huge for me like i clearly remember was that the one that came with the helmet or yeah like the, 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 yep. the helmet, the helmet. yeah man but my local store sold out of the helmet so i couldn't get it but man <laughs> like i remember waiting at, at midnight at gamestop for it and seeing people walk out with the helmet and me being like oh man i wish i could have that you know <laughs> um yeah halo to me has been a it's been a system seller for me from day one so uh it's got i got so many great memories attached to it you know so playing through them now because they just uh they just put three on the the, the collection for steam so uh i'm playing through two now so once i get finished that i'm going to jump on to three and um i don't remember much about three now that i think about it but (laughs) i do remember being satisfied by it but uh, so i'm looking forward to playing it again and getting all those feelings back and you did mention that you went ahead and eventually in this generation went with a playstation do you have a favorite exclusive or anything like that or a specific uh game that you spent a lot of hours in well god of war for sure (laughs) um god of war is amazing that's like the game of two years for me like it's it's just been so good so fulfilling for me to play i've also been a big fan of the uncharted games uh those are great right now i'm playing ghost of tsushima so it just always seems to be every month you know something great exclusive that keeps me in so uh so yeah those are just a few of my favorites cool did you did you play the last of us 2 or not no i didn't okay. because i didn't beat the first one yet so okay. i'm gonna get to it okay i will all right <laughs> that's fair <laughs> we yeah. then earlier this week had the nintendo direct mini uh and they kind of just there's not a lot of bigger big news in there but at least for a lot of people they announced a couple DLCs coming with Cadence of Hyrule, which is a rhythm-based uh, game on The Legend of Zelda. And I've talked about it on the podcast before. It was in my top 10 for biggest uh, biggest games 2019. And just to see it continue to get more support is nice. And that game, the, like the Crypt of the Necro Dancer game, which is who Cadence of Hyrule is made by, like the, the music and the beats that, that they put on and twist into classic songs is such a cool way. And makes me feel it in a new uh, refreshed way yeah that's such a great game man i love it so much i was a big necro dancer fan um i know a bunch of people who worked on it on the music for that a buddy danny b who actually got me involved with necro dancer on dlc um they did a cool hip-hop track 
where I played like a, a mole uh, <laughs> called Fortissimole. And uh, yeah, it was really cool. So um, it's really cool to see the, the Cadence of Hyrule game getting more support even into 2020. So that's exciting. Yeah, and if anybody if anybody's interested, they did mention that Atlas is going to be remastering Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturnes, and Shin Megami Tensei 5 is going to be coming out at some point next year, which is what everybody, uh, Shin Megami Tensei fans, have been clamoring for for a long time. At least some sort of info on the game. Maybe not me, but I guess... Yeah, I'm yeah. probably not one of the folks, <laughs> but I'm sure a lot of people are excited. Someone in my Discord popped in today with, with a big like post about it and they were really excited and i'm like i'm happy for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i watched the trailer in the direct and i was like i'm sure a lot of people are pumped for this mm -hmm. it seems yeah. like a big deal <laughs> yeah it is made by the creators of like persona 5 which is where atlas has kind of caught in this big send-off for everything right, yeah. that they've been doing so i'm interested to see how well this game sells just because of people are going to go those are the people that made persona 5 which you know that's a game that you spend at least 100 hours on if you're me and yes. <laughs> and so I'm interested to see how that game does in popularity because people are going to buy it just based on the just based on the name alone. Yeah, for sure. We then next we also have and this is a bit more controversial. It's not as fun, but uh, Ubisoft and their executives uh, have they've been doing a lot of layoffs lately because reports are coming in from Jason Schreier who works for Bloomsburg uh, that Ubisoft executives minimized female leads in video games and it especially affected the Assassin's Creed franchise, which makes sense now that we've kind of played and the past three Assassin's Creed games with people like, you know, Alex, Alexios and Cassandra, and I'm not sure if any of you guys have played through that game, but a lot of people say Cassandra was like the better character to play as, and I think that just goes to show that it's, uh, the Ubisoft executives were saying that female leads don't sell games and that's not exactly any way to think anymore look at the last of us 2 especially right, yeah. it's it's a very old way of thinking which is just too bad that you know you have people thinking in old ways minimizing or tr trying to bring down you know people's creativity in a lot of ways that's crazy mike is that a direct quote like somebody said that at, at Ubisoft? No, but it's uh, there was a huge uh, post by Jason Schreier of Bloomsburg. It's mm. it's what an employee, an anonymous employee, had said. You know, a, mm. you know, female leads don't sell games. It wasn't something that the employee said directly, but it might have been okay. something that you know she had or he or she had summed up the words of an executive to them. Right. That's ridiculous. I mean, your eight games sell games. You know, like right. I, I don't right. understand that at all. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's a backwards way of thinking right now. I could think of, you know, besides just The Last of Us, even on PlayStation, you had uh, Horizon, right? Yeah. Like, that was a big seller um, with a female lead. There's there's plenty out there. Yeah, not enough, I would say. Correct, yep. We then have, and then this is kind of the last one I'm going to go into, but reports are saying that the PS5 conference, there's going to be a next one in early August with the price and maybe we should be expecting this game sooner uh sorry the console sooner than expected which mm. if you're looking at sony that's gonna be their one way if they can't undercut or match the price of the xbox to come out first would definitely be the way to to put yourself out there beforehand they did it last they did it last generation and they mm. might do it this time too yeah wow. here's a here's a question too since barry and i have done it for you mega Ran. um what's your guess on price on the PS5. <laughs> this is a mm. tough one. Okay, so I think 600 for the digital version. For the, okay. Um, 
I think uh, the disc version is 700 or 750. Ooh. Oh boy, wow. man. I hope <laughs> not. And I, I can't see people spending that, right. but I think they are going to want to encourage people to get the digital version. Uh, and so hopefully that, and that'll save them all money in the long run, you know, and packaging and whatever else. But um, I, I still think that's too much. So I, I honestly hope it goes down, but I think that's too much. I think 600 bucks today, I don't think the, today's audiences are willing to pay that. Right. No matter what we're getting, it doesn't matter. You know, I remember them saying that with PS4, like Sony's losing so much money with everyone that they sell. Like, so? <laughs> like, that's just yep. the, what the market is willing to pay. And that, that's what you have to, that's what you have to play to. I always go back to, to when the PS3 came out and the prices of those. And like, you know, working retail at that time and like people just unwilling to put down, I think it was, was it $599, $600? I believe yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, and just people just did not want to pay that. I mean, you had the people who are going to buy it no matter what the price is, but um, I think it's almost like you could be looking at what happened before with the PS3 and then the Xbox came out and kind of undercut it. Um, they better. I mean, I think yeah. the Xbox kind of yeah. has to at this point. Right. You know, this weird game of price chicken, I guess it makes sense for Xbox. I think, you know, it's not as much of a, I don't think it's as much of a game changer as it was. Like you think back to the PlayStation and Saturn days, you know, and Saturn came out with this huge price tag and Sony just like completely beat them, you yep. know, and, and that, that changed, you know, that tilted the market. I don't think that will necessarily tilt the market toward Xbox. I think we're in a PlayStation market mm -hmm. almost regardless, but I hope they don't fall on their face by coming out with a huge price point just thinking that oh we got you guys you'll just do it because we say so and also tying into that um you know some of the games that have gone up for pre-order uh, have been marked at 69.99 instead of 59.99 oh. um so i guess your thoughts on that because obviously um being a little bit older i remember you know trying to get super nintendo cartridges that were a hundred dollars <laughs> and that kind of yeah. stuff so like to me, seventy dollars, I guess, isn't unreasonable. I mean, we started at you know forty nine ninety nine, and now we're at sixty nine ninety nine. But I think mm. they, they could get some pushback on that. Yeah, they they should get pushback for that. I don't know if I'm ready to spend seventy dollars on games. I remember when Street Fighter Two was seventy five dollars on Super mm -hmm. Nintendo, and uh, in some places we're selling it for more. And like I remember that being like too much where we were just like, oh man, I can't do it. But a lot of people bought it. Right. So I don't know, man, like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, now I'm like worried, I didn't know about the, the whole, the $70 thing. I'm like, oh man, they're trying there was, to get, get yeah, you everywhere. I, there was a couple games I think that have gone up that have said that $69.99 price tag, but I think I've also seen a few that were $59.99. So I don't know if you know $70 is the new normal and it's not announced mm -hmm. yet, or maybe it was just a, an error, but it does uh, give me a little concern seeing yeah. it's 70 bucks. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's, that's enough to, to justify people not buying as many games too. You know? That's true. I mean, so, so you're guessing that they're probably not going to do like a pack in game with it. Right. They, nor they normally don't. Right. Yep. So you get one controller and no game and they got to buy a game and then places, you know, I'm sure GameStop and all of them are going to bundle, mm -hmm. throw a couple games together and, and, and make a, a bundle out of it. But like, yeah, I don't, mm. yeah, I think that's a little too much. Like, honestly, I, I think it's too much. Yeah. Barry, uh, your thoughts on 70? 
So it, when I first saw it and I saw the company that was doing it, which the first report was, of course, 2K was going to be mm -hmm. 70 bucks. And I guess if there's a company that's willing to try this, uh, it's going to be them because <laughs> they make their money annually off of FIFA, you know, Ultimate Team Packs. They make their money off of Madden and all of the yearly players that buy this every year. So for, for them, you know, they're willing to take the chance of 70 bucks because they still they're always going to have that fan base that is always going to buy NBA every year for right. no matter how much it is. And you yourself Craig had mentioned that you know, you play that game a lot and you're going to buy the $100 version so uh, you I have do. you have that free upgrade and Well, I saw that they're doing a Kobe Bryant thing and yep. that's cool. That'll sell yep. some that'll sell some for sure. But originally I I'm not one to buy a lot of special editions, but with a game like that, I'd probably consider it. I do play the 2K games, yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I don't think I. If I'm going to pay that, I'd get the special edition. Right. But if you're going to pay 70 for the regular edition, like I don't think you should. You may as right. well and spend that, 100. <laughs> you know. Right. That's what I had said when they first announced it. You know, the hundred dollar edition. Not only is it the Kobe edition, but they also said it's a free upgrade to next gen too. So in that mm -hmm. case, I will spend the extra 30 dollars get it on you know either playstation or xbox now and play it and get the free upgrade why would i pay 70 dollars two months later it just makes sense to do the hundred dollar version but yeah it's man it's just everywhere it's just tons of money all the money i don't see why well i do understand why they won't do it but just one year i would love for them to have a you know just a roster upgrade for 20 bucks that's it like 2k is the most realistic basketball game to ever exist like that's it it's done Yep. This game cannot get better, you know. And True. now, okay, we got some sweat beads and things like that. <laughs> but like, I, I, this game cannot get better, in my opinion. I don't right? know. So, Did, that's that's seventy dollars worth of sweat from Zeon. Oh It better come through the TV on you, like you know, when he lands from a dunk, it's just like <laughs> you just get wet. Like <laughs> I, I don't, you know, maybe that that's the next step of VR or something. You buy a little like water kit that sits by your TV and just blows water and air on you. Um, I, I don't, yeah, I don't see games like that. I just don't think that game has improved. You know, it hasn't gotten worse, but it hasn't improved enough to, to justify, you know, paying more money for it. Uh, I agree. And if you think about how much money they make, you know, myself alone, I buy the $100 version. Then at some point, I'm probably going to drop another 20 to $40 onto VC just to upgrade my character. Like they're getting at least 140 to 150 dollars from me every single year, every and year. and every year I buy it and nothing changes. But I'm there every year because I'm just I'm one of the dumb ones that just I have to have it. So <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'm stuck in that loop and I can't get out of it. Luckily, I mean, if you're a fan, there's no right. there's no problem with being a fan of something, you know. Right. And there are a lot of fans that will will probably spend that money. So you're right. Yeah. So that's going to end the news segment for this week. We're not going to get into the games played, which I'm going to go with all three of us, know a decent amount about Ghost Tsushima, and yep. we also uh, have played at least a little bit of uh, Paper Mario and the Origami King. Yep. So we'll start off with the big one that probably gets the most attention right now, which is Ghost Tsushima, because that's really what anybody's really been talking about when it comes to video games and everything coming out right now. So... I'll let everybody go around. My earliest impression, without going into too many details, is I am loving this game. Uh, I'm playing it on the hardest difficulty, uh, just because I I like the I like the Japanese samurai era. The and I, I loved Sekiro, so I like the challenge in the games. 
So I'm hoping this game is giving me that challenge, but my, my one downfall is this camera is so, so wonky sometimes, and it gets mm. very hard to aim. Uh, and especially with a game that requires precision when it comes to parrying or striking or dodging, when you can't really get control of the camera, you really can't dodge from who you're actually trying to dodge or parry from. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. No, you're good. Go ahead. Um, I agree with that. Also, I'm not a, I mean, I love the game. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I love samurai culture. I'm having a blast with it. I'm I'm about maybe seven hours in and like just finished chapter one. So like, I don't know how many chapters going to be and how long it's going to be. I don't want to read too much into it. So um, I like the challenge and I like that it's long. Uh, I don't like traveling long distances in the game. I don't want to have to go three kilometers to go to somebody's house and then it's like a stupid like fetch quest <laughs> and then have to come all the way back to finish the, the actual quest of the game. So I wish there was fast travel. Maybe that'll happen later in the game, um, but I have not seen enough of that. Uh, and also they are heavy on use of the R2 button and it's a little ridiculous. Um, you, could, you R2 does so many different things. So therefore when you're trying to do something else, you hit R2 and something else happened. It's like too much. R2 to talk, R2 to pick something up, R2 to bring up a menu to, you know, switch your fighting style. So any of those things could happen at the wrong time when you're <laughs> trying to do it. So that that's a bit of a, I'm like, there's enough buttons on this controller. Like, why wasn't it another button? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I think I'm the outlier here where I think I'm maybe three or four hours in um, and it's taken me four or five different times sitting down to get there and I'm just getting bored. Um, I like the combat. I think the game looks beautiful. Uh, everything about it is just presentation-wise is fantastic, but there's just something about the game that's just not catching me right now, and I still want to keep playing it, so it's not like I'm giving up on it, but, man, it's it's hard for me right now to, to want to play it. Um, the idea of not having a waypoint and just using the wind is a very cool idea, um, but then I also find myself constantly swiping up on my PlayStation controller so I can see where the wind wants me to go, which is a little obnoxious, but I'm willing to do that just because it makes the game look better. Uh, so I still got to give it some more time. I don't want to give up on it yet, but right now I'm not really feeling it, which is a bummer to me. Yeah, one specific... Well, I, read some of the, I read some of the knocks on it, and um, mm -hmm. some people were telling me they, they feel it's a little a little repetitive, and, yeah. and I can see that. Um, I didn't like the fact that you can, you're like a master samurai, but yet you don't have any special moves and abilities. <laughs> and you gotta go find them later. Yep. You know, like I, I didn't really like that. I thought that you should start with some of the some of the cool stuff, you know, without having to necessarily go and get them. Then it becomes just like every other over the shoulder action game, you know, where you just go fetch some things and go pick some things up and learn a new learn learn a new thing and then make that thing better and you know a few other games have done it and probably done it a little better so mm -hmm. that part does get a little little repetitive yeah yeah one of the things that mega ran mentioned which was really irking me is the r2 button is what you press to mount your horse and i'm so used to that being triangle you know triangle to get into a car triangle to do this so a lot mm -hmm. of the times i end up calling my horse and i press triangle and i end up heavy slicing him and he dies so <laughs> it's 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 a very stupid mistake on my part if i was a little bit more patience with the buttons i'd actually press r2 but you're right r2 is 
bound to a lot and i don't see them using a lot of the uh d-pad buttons at all for mm-hmm. uh for, so you know it would probably would have been better to maybe change your stance with the d-pad instead of trying to or map it to r1 and r2 and everything like that but it, it, it's a slight thing that i just wish um you know it maybe it's just me but i'm so used to pressing triangle to get on a horse or get on something i don't know why maybe it's just because gta threw that into me but uh the, the first time i killed my horse i was very upset with myself oh god i didn't know you could do that uh, that's scary now does the horse at least come back yeah the horse eventually yeah. does but yeah, I sliced him accidentally, and he's sitting down on the ground. And I waited like five minutes. I tried again, and he still didn't show up. But I had to like move to another area, so that way, wow. you know, the game kind of knew that I was moving. Okay. But you know what? You mentioned the D-pad buttons. You know what is on the D-pad is the camera to take the cool photos. I think they gave that a whole lot of energy, mm-hmm. and it looks great. You're able to make some amazingly beautiful portraits. But that doesn't help me when I just want to play the game. So I feel like that could have been in the pause menu somewhere <laughs> and, you know, they could have utilized the D-pad buttons a little better. Yeah, like every other game, it's in the pause menu. Yeah. Every, every single one. <laughs> so next up is going to be Paper Mario, the Origami King. I'm about four or five hours into this game. Uh, a lot of people are knocking it for its combat system. Uh, I, I get that it's different and it's made by intelligent systems, so I'm kind of biased in that I really love the Fire Emblem series. But I, I'm having fun with this game. I, I admit that it's a little weird that you're not like leveling up after these battles, you're just getting coins. So it is a little strange not to have like the leveling up portion that intelligent systems has always been really known for when it comes to Fire Emblem or any of the other uh jrpgs that they work on but it i have fun with the combat and it's a paper mario game we haven't had one in a while and it's this was a good time for it to come out yeah have you played it at all megaran or not i've not played it yet um i've been heavy into ghosts right now so i have not um i have never played a uh, paper mario so i'm looking forward to getting into it there's some stories i read from some people saying there was a lot of a lot of walking around and doing nothing uh, so what do you think about that? Um, there is a lot of walking around. Um, like Barry, like I really enjoy the battle system. Like the, you know, when you first go in and all the enemies are on like a turntable and you have to kind of do a quick puzzle in your head and you have like a 30 second time limit to figure out how to get them all to line up. I enjoy that because it kind of breaks up the monotonous just like a normal Paper Mario is you pick your attack and then your time based your attacks. Um, so they still have that, but throwing in, having to turn around and figure out how to line them up to me makes it a little bit better. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it, though. The writing seems to be very good. It's a lot funnier than I remember Paper Mario games being. And uh, I have to see if it carries through the whole way. Um, but as of right now, I, I haven't really reached a point where I'm bored. So that, that's a good thing for it. Um, and we'll just see how it goes the rest of the way. I think, Barry, you're a little bit farther than I am, though. Yeah, it's the the game, and when you start to get into boss fights, that's when things get a little bit more frustrating with the battle system because it doesn't tell you outright what to do, and it's not a spoiler or anything. But in the in the boss battles, in this turn based in this type of combat, you're in the center and you're controlling the wheel and trying to get enemies to line up to do the, to knock them all out. In a boss battle, the the boss is in the center of the wheel. 
So okay. it changes up things and forces you to think a little bit differently. But in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a guessing game, which is what not a lot of people are liking about the boss battles. Is you really don't know what the boss is thinking or how to or how to defeat him, and it's just a matter of through trial and error, which is kind of a game flaw in a lot of ways because you at least should be given hints on how to on how to beat the boss, whether it's vague or right out in front of you. But that's right. not really something that the that in the boss battles they're doing yeah. yeah i haven't gotten to a boss yet so i'll have to wait and see how i how it goes on there <laughs> so with with just a couple other gaming things megaran what i wanted to ask you was and you mentioned some of your favorite games uh, i wanted to ask you what's your favorite Mega Man game oh oh gosh <laughs> um Mega Man. honestly it changes a lot i stream Mega Man like every other monday so mm -hmm. i'll play a different game Two is the one that got me into the series, um, but three is fun but very difficult. Uh, I think my favorites, music-wise, are two, and uh, gameplay-wise, I, I like six a lot. You know, they've added a lot of really cool things. I love the fact that Mega Man. You know, at least when I was growing up, I thought, oh, they're just remaking the same game. They're adding some silly robot master name to a thing. Oh, Trash Can Man or something, <laughs> but. They really, when they didn't have to, were still, you know, making innovations on the gameplay by the fifth and sixth ones, which I thought was really cool. So I think my favorites are two, three, and six. Six was the only one I had as a kid on the NES, so it obviously has a soft spot for me. Um, the big question I have for you, though, is I know not too long ago you played my favorite Mega Man, which is Mega Man Legends. <laughs> how do you feel about that game and specifically the controls because i tried to play it again recently my god <laughs> oh the controls are awful um but it's not necessarily their fault it's the 64 which is mm -hmm. a terrible controller to begin with right. um so i do think that that game would have definitely benefited from like a, a good you know playstation control scheme um when i was playing it i played I was mega man 64 on the uh, the 64 version, and it was just awful controls. I just couldn't figure anything out. It took me a really long time. Um, but the gameplay was really fun. I didn't beat it, so I would love to like go back to it. But the controls, man, they just made it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> they did, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We need a remaster of this because, mm -hmm. like me personally, I guess back then the controls just didn't bother me. And I played it on PlayStation, uh, Mega Man Legends, so like the controls may have been a little bit better, but I know they're not good. Um, so we need a remaster because I want like I want people to experience that game, but I can't recommend it just because trying to play it is awful. So if we can get a remaster, give me some updated controls, man. I will pay. I don't know if I'll pay sixty. I'll pay forty. You know, I'll give you forty. Yeah. I feel I feel like that's fair. That it's just fair. Like, the story is so good. It's just yeah. it's such a shame it gets buried because you can't play it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there anything else you've played recently? Um, I've been playing Halo. I've been playing Ghosts. Um, what else have I been playing? Um, during when I stream, I do a different. I pick up a different game for like Throwback Thursday. So I've been playing a lot of old NES titles. Uh, I played Batman on NES, which was like a fun challenge with really good music. Um, I started playing some Warzone, which is probably for me the best like battle royale game you know I, I really think i'm not a big battle royale guy terrible at fortnite and all the rest of them 
but Warzone has made it more fun than any of them have been for me. Uh, so as much as like I hate to say Call of Duty has done something right, but um, but yeah, man, they've just got it down, man. Like they've got a gameplay style and a control style down that is just perfect, you know. Uh, and it's easy to get into, hard to master, and it's a really lot of fun. Like when right before I go to bed, I'll play a couple games of of, of Call of Duty. And uh, I feel fulfilled, even if I don't win, you know. I've uh, been playing a bunch of Animal Crossing, uh, Streets of Rage 4. I just beat, I'm still trying to beat it on Mania, but uh, I've given up because <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> that game looks so good. Like, it's I'm so great. impressed with that game. Mm-hmm. It's and, really good. And Animal Crossing, Barry has a love-hate relationship with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, dropped, I, I dropped off on that so quick, but Barry has a higher tolerance for that. <laughs> well, Very, well, the, the worst thing is with Animal Crossing for me is that I picked a Southern Hemisphere island because that's where I was born. I was born in Costa Rica. So mm-hmm. I have people who are sending me invites and texting me going, hey, I need to get on your island because I need to get this uh, spider or this shark or this other thing. And it's like I haven't visited my island in over – you know a month so there's weeds everywhere you know it's it's kind of like when you invite a friend over and your house is messy my entire yeah. island is a mess <laughs> yeah it's very high maintenance that's one thing i could say about it um but me and my wife play it it's really the only game she's been able to get into which has been great for me so she's like crazy about it now you know and um we're running an island together but i think we've kind of done everything that we can do you know, all the cool stuff, we've done it. And I think we might be kind of done. I don't know if we need to now move to a Southern Hemisphere island because I went and visited someone, I saw snow and I'm like, oh, that's cool. So <laughs> I think I might need to do something like that just to make the game fun for me again. But like I've paid off my house, I've done all, all I need to do, you know? So it's like, now I just need to see some new things on it. fun. <laughs> Do you do you find that the updates uh, it, to the game, whether it's the new season stuff, uh, whether it's the the rush of trying to get all the new collectibles, do you find yourself coming to the game for that, or is that more something that maybe even your wife does a bit more of? Yeah, she probably does more of that. But I've been into it. I've definitely done. You know, I wanted to go swim. You know, I thought that was cool. But you know, there's 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 a lot of stuff that I want to do. But every time I like, there's new fish and there's new sharks and stuff. And when I go fishing, I don't get any of that. So I'm like, ah, man, like, what do I need to do to get these things? And then I found out there's a certain time you have to play to get certain fish. And I'm like, all right, I don't have time for this. (laughs) Like now it's officially too high maintenance. Yep. I think that's why I bounced off so quick. I was like, man, with every other game I'm trying to play right now, I just do not want to put the time into you know going back into this every day so i think i got out at the right time where i didn't get too involved in it and it was an easier break so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so there wasn't a way for me to naturally bring this in but i wanted to talk about my favorite mega man game which is mega man 8 for the playstation uh for me i was very young and that was one of my first playstation games that i got and when i was i was too young and i was too small-brained to uh the game was so hard to play because I, I never realized in the older Mega Man games, there's an order to the bosses where bosses are weaker to certain types of power-ups that you have. So when I was younger, I would just str- struggle all of the time with these bosses. I'd get through the levels, but the moment you, you get to a boss, he wipes you because, you, you know, I'm too small-brained when I was young. <laughs> so 
of and when the when all the remasters came out i finally decided to beat mega man 8 and i was and because they put on an easy mode which i didn't have to do but i did do the boss orders where uh, certain bosses were weaker to the power-ups i found the game a lot more fun and maybe it's what kind of turned me off from mega man when i was when i was younger just because my, my brain was too smooth it didn't have all the ridges just yet <laughs> that's true <laughs> What, if you yeah, me, I think it was Mega Man 3. Gosh, man, I I was in elementary school and I traded like five games to a friend of mine for that game because I wanted it so bad. And he's like, it's too hard. I can't beat it. And I was like, oh, I'll bet I can beat it. And I traded so many games and I got it home and I'm like, yes. And then I couldn't beat the first stage. Like <laughs> no matter what, like any order I tried to go in, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I was just like, wow, this game's too hard. But I, I just didn't know the... Yeah, I just didn't know the order. Like, it was just yep. impossible. <laughs> so, that's going to be it for the games played for the week. We're now going into the movies, TV shows, and, you know, the originals that we've watched during the week. So, mm-hmm. Craig, if you want to go over uh, what you've been watching and everything like that, I'll let you start off. Yeah, so the big thing for me, obviously, this week was this past Sunday was Extreme Rules for uh, the WWE pay-per-view. And I know, Megan, you said you didn't watch it yet, but um, I have... I know the results, though. Okay. All right. So I guess mixed thoughts. So since some people don't know, I watched wrestling all the time as a kid and then I stopped and I got back into it right around Hell in a Cell last year. So I'm still fairly new to it and still pretty involved. So I was watching every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday. I was there. Um, I've kind of this past month I dropped off and I just, you know, you check the results, but I'm not watching the three hour raw and and all that every week. Um, So I didn't have a whole lot of, I guess, high hopes for this pay-per-view, but I was actually pleasantly surprised um, on everything except I think the, the Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio fight was a little iffy for me. (laughs) Um, An eye for an eye match where the winner has to extract the other person's eye, um, which in, in your case, Barry, you'll be happy. You'll be not happy to know that Rey Mysterio lost his eye. Kind of. <laughs> I, <laughs> they they always do him wrong. He was my favorite wrestler. No matter what they did, yeah. Right. Even even when he won, and I haven't watched wrestling in a long time, but I still remember mm-hmm. going to my buddy's house, and when he won the championship from Edge, and then mm-hmm. Edge went ahead and used his money in the bank and won it right back. Like Rey Mysterio had the heavyweight title. For thirty seconds, and then lost yeah. it, and then that was nothing. That was that was all I got out of that storyline. Right. Um, so, a question I have for you, though, uh, Mega Ran. So, the Swamp Match, right? So, we've done the Swamp Match. We've done Boneyard. Um, we did the Edge and Randy Orton match. How do you feel about these pre-filmed matches? Um, I love them. I think it's okay. any opportunity you can use to get you know get creative. You got all these worldwide you know renowned writers directors you know special effects guys if you're going to be creative with them i think it's i think every show should have one or two you mm-hmm. know because if, especially if the pay-per-view and every show is going to be held in the same building you know it can get a little old to watch so i think moving it out anytime you can would be good but i also heard people i saw a lot of tweets saying okay this should be the last pre-taped match for a while right you know Right. So I, I also do feel like maybe you can't do it every show, you mm-hmm. know, like you make it a special thing. But 
with WrestleMania, arguably the two best best matches were the Firefly Funhouse and yeah. the Boneyard. So, you know, go with what's what's a success, you know, and uh, yeah, make it do what you can to make it creative. You know, use everything at your disposal. Right. I, I think you should. The, the Boneyard match for me was fantastic. The uh, the Firefly Funhouse match, I still don't know what I watched, but I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what was going on there, but it was great with John mm-hmm. Cena. I mean, John Cena is an actor now, so he can handle it. Um, yeah. And even the Swamp match, uh, I do agree that maybe we need to pull back a little bit, but I still enjoyed it. You know, there was a lot. It was filmed well, like it looked great. And, you know, to, you know, you can use Bray Wyatt in, in pretty cool ways when you're doing this kind of stuff stuff that he can't normally do. They've done a lot of cool stuff in live matches. Um, his, you know, Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins, I thought was great, even though I think a lot of people didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was kind of controversial. Um, but in general, just like a couple questions for you as far as WWE goes, because um, I know you're heavily involved. Okay. Um, I was curious to know, you know, I went back and watched the uh, infamous rap battle yeah. th- that you were a part of. Yeah. Um, and you know, rec- uh, not too long ago on the New Days podcast, you guys were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was pretty funny hearing the backstory about like John Cena coming into the back when you guys were doing your thing. Um, but just in general, like, what is it? What is it like being in the ring? You know, being surrounded by you know the guys in New Day, and you have the Usos over there, and just all that going on. What is that like? Man. Um... It was, it was like, I don't get nervous a lot. And I, mm-hmm. I said this before, but like, that's the most nervous I've ever been. That and doing a uh, ring of honors, you know, um, she won super card at the garden because like this Madison Square garden, there's 20,000 people. And right. It was like my segment, which, which is absolutely um, nerve wracking, but this, it wasn't my segment. I was just a small piece of the show. Mm-hmm. So I, there was no pressure on me, but that whole like night before mm-hmm. I was up, I couldn't sleep. I had nightmares <laughs> that I was going to trip down the aisle and I was oh, going to roll it. down the ramp. Yeah. Like I just, like, I was like, I'm, I'm no, I'm, I'm clumsy. I'm just not going to be able to handle it. And that was just what I thought. Like, I was just like, this is not going to work. I'm going to, I'm going to fall. Like, so I was being extra careful not to fall. But like, once you get out there, I mean, it helped a lot that like Xavier and the guys were like, just have fun. Like yeah. literally we're just trying to have fun. Also, we're thinking about what's going to make a good gift. You know, so anything that you think of, you know, being silly and amazing, it will probably make a good gift. So that's it. Just all that's all you need to think about is just having fun. And that that helped me a lot. That got me calm and got me through it. But yeah, like that's a level of nervousness that I've never had, you know, because it's not my world, you know. So right. I, I, I can get on stage all day if someone knows I'm getting on stage. But I'm, but if they don't, then it's a problem. You know, it could be very scary. Um, and then tying into that, a question I had, I think for me, the highlight of that whole segment was uh, Xavier's response, right? Um, bringing up that the only time that uh, the Usos were popular was when his wife put him on Total Divas. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want to know is, who wrote that? <laughs> oh, man, they they wrote that stuff. Okay. okay. Uh, I I said that in the in the interview. Uh, okay. I, they, I gave suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to their lines and, and helped them with maybe putting together the, the hitting the getting the best punch out of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, that was what I was there to help with. Okay. Just to listen. And if it made me laugh, then they knew, OK, this is going to be good. Um, right. The Total Divas line, I I didn't I didn't help at all with that. That was great. Was um, 
Yep. So what I one thing I did suggest, and I guess you could say I wrote, is I was like at this time like Roman was getting booed everywhere, so I was just like, you got to mention Roman somehow, mm-hmm. you know. And that was when they said like something about you need to go back to carrying bags for Roman yep. or something, and like that was the one line that I I kind of like gave them like you guys got to yeah. say something about Roman because it's going to get a great response. <laughs> so did, but yeah. <laughs> but man, like I I can't lie, like the Usos won that battle you know like they came out ready to swing mm-hmm. and like they took it very seriously which i loved like even when we were doing the go the walkthrough in the ring and it's just like a surreal moment so imagine if you will mm-hmm. me a bunch of other i won't say goose but we were dressed very goofy we're all mm-hmm. in our costumes being goofy we come to the dress rehearsal road dog says all right y'all get to the ring let's just run through this road dog leads us all to the ring in the ring is AJ Styles working on his match with Chad Gable. I think they had a match mm-hmm. that night, and a really good match, by the way. Um, a couple of the women are in another, like at another turnbuckle, working on something. Randy Orton outside the ring, like vaping and chilling, <laughs> and like <laughs> Rusev watching and laughing as we come in. Ah, oh, look at you guys, you know. <laughs> and um, just and then we get into the ring, and they all have a piece of paper in front of them, a script. Mm-hmm. So when um, Road Dogg says, all right, you guys do what you're going to do. And the Usos are like, oh, no, we're not. It's blank. Like, the paper was blank. And uh, and they're like, what do you mean it's blank? He's like, oh, no, no, we're still working on it. We don't have it yet. We don't uh, we don't know what we're going to say yet. And he's like, wait, you don't know what we're going to say? We're on TV in, like, an hour. What do you mean? And like, yeah, yeah, we, we you know, we don't know. They knew. They knew exactly what they were going to say. Yep. They just yep. didn't want to share it. So... <laughs> I love the fact that they took it that seriously and we're like, okay, so you're going to say blah, blah, blah. And then we're going to say blah, blah, blah. Like no one said a word about what they were actually going to say. So we, we wanted the reactions to be real mm-hmm. and, and yeah, it worked and it was, it was done really well, but like they took it so seriously. Like we didn't all rehearse together. Like the Usos were only there for the ring dress rehearsal. Like we weren't all sitting in the back, like writing together and, Oh, you don't like this when I do this. No, man, they kept it separate and and it was real. You know what I mean? Like that moment was, and that's so funny because Kofi had one line about like a hot dog and he did the, uh, like a wiener joke. Yep. <laughs> and Road Dog said, I don't know if that's going to be allowed. So you got to run that by Vince. And we were like, uh oh, you got to run by Vince. <laughs> and Vince wasn't there that day. And they're always like, oh, nobody wants to bother the man when he's not there. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're the guy who has to call him take him from something else it's he's like it's one thing if we just walk into his office you know we can we can convince him to his face but when you're bothering him you know then it's like uh you don't have much of a chance to get something through (laughs) so so kofi's like come on we can say weenie like i can say wiener and show a hot dog you know like come on i can do that so road dog's like we'll find out and uh, and so when we got back to the ring like right before i think road dog pops his head in like 20 minutes before doors like all right he says it's okay. You can you can do the wiener line. <laughs> it seems like, is there an honest fear of Vince? Do you think? Because it seems like everybody kind of has this, I I guess fear of him. Is that a real thing? Do you think? Or hmm. it seems like he might be. I feel like he is a nice guy behind the scene, hmm. but it just seems like every interview I've seen, they all have this like, oh don't don't get on Vince's bad side. Well, I don't know if a lot of it is just the the legend of Vince, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
like even with the podcast, they always say like he who shall not be yep. named, you yep. know. Like I think it's just the legend, which like they want to keep going. But from what I heard, he's not the most intimidating McMahon backstage. And I uh, say anything else. So you just uh that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh I had a, another question I had for you here. Um just in your opinion, with the men's and women's division right now, um, who do you think is the stronger division in the WWE? What do I think, men or or, or women, or which right, one's stronger? Right, right, yeah. Um, I think the women, but okay. it's just not enough. Like yeah. the guys that they they use are all top notch, but I wish there were a few more. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where they have AEW beat by a mile is the women, mm-hmm. right? You know, and, and man, I I look at it like man, if we had just two or three of them on AEW would make that show so much better. Yeah. You know, like the guys who don't get time on TV, the Naomi's and you know what I mean? People like that popping up on AEW would be incredible, you know? So just the, the just the women, alone. I think the women are stronger, but, mm-hmm. but there's just fewer of them. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, think about it. We're at a weird time in wrestling right now where we don't have Cena. We don't have Roman. We don't have any of the like, we don't have Brock. We don't have any like major legends coming back. It's just Randy Orton's probably the biggest name in mm-hmm. wrestling right now, or you know, that's active. And you know, he's still he's a legendary guy, but like, yeah, he's that's like it. I don't think there's anybody else at his level as of right now. Right. So we're at an interesting time, you know, where there aren't a ton of stars just running around. But with the women, there I say I don't know numbers off the top. But mm-hmm. I was about to say, five of the greatest women wrestlers to ever wrestle are probably wrestling right now. Yeah, yeah I would agree. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, so it's it's a it's a weird time, you know. Yeah, and like going back and watching stuff that I missed when I wasn't watching wrestling, um, you know, and you had the four horsewomen coming up, right? Becky and Charlotte and Sasha. Um, I almost feel like we may have that again in NXT with some of the some of the women that are down there. Um, I just there's so many. And I don't, I don't think like the men's division is stale or, you know, not producing, but man, the women are just killing it right now. And, you know, I'm such a, as far as men go right now, like I'm such a huge fan of what they're doing with Keith Lee and NXT um, that I would love to see him come up. But at the same time, like he fits so well in the NXT as well. I would just hate to see him come up and just get buried because I don't know if he's somebody they would push. So here's a question for you then. Yep. Who's the most, who's the best success story to come out of NXT to go to main roster? I would, I guess I'd have to say Becky Lynch, right? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be <laughs> Becky. Yeah. I had, I had someone say Seth Rollins. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Becky or Seth, I think are the top. So, <laughs> the power couple. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidentally, they're, yep. they're both together. Um, yep. But would you say then, like I, I worry about guys like Adam Cole, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, I worry so much because I'm like I don't know, you know. Right. Right. Um, but man, as long as there are guys like AJ there to wrestle, like mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of hope, you know. So I do hope for that. Like at least guys like like Adam Cole. I mean Matt Riddle's now on the thing with him, so yeah. I think that's cool to see. So as long as like guys like AJ's there, AJ can have a great match with anybody, right. um, you know. And that's still so many dream matches that I'd want to see. You okay. know, so uh, would you, would it, you prefer Keith Lee stays in NXT or do you want to see him go up to main roster? 
I don't want to see him go up there until Roman is back. Okay. Because I want to see Keith Lee and Roman. Okay. What about, you know, they kind of teased Keith Lee and Brock at Royal Rumble. Yeah. Do you but think I that would be an okay match or not? I don't know, man. Like, there's a thing. Like, there there are other factors, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's like, if Brock doesn't want to take an L to him, he won't. Right. So it right. just kind of it comes down to that. So it's like, will Keith Lee be ready in our in our you know perspective, if like his first major you know match on the main roster is you know Brock, like mm-hmm. that sounds scary, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I think uh, I'd love to see Keith Lee there, and it seems to me like they have big plans for him. Right. It, it very much seems like it. Like going back to the Royal Rumble this year him having that standoff with Brock, him having that really good moment with Roman at the Survivor Series, mm-hmm. it, it lets me know that he can hang, and I think they know that. Right. Yeah, I, I just, I'm so nervous that he'll get buried because, you know, I was a big fan of, of what, uh, you know, Matt Riddle was doing, and it almost seems like he's kind of getting buried right now, too. Um, and I, well, to see I it. mean, it's like AJ Styles. Like, how do you, yeah. I don't know if you get buried. It's an intercontinental <laughs> champion, right? Right. I don't know if that's a burial. I mean, you get an intercontinental title matches. Everybody yeah. doesn't get the Kevin Owens treatment. You know right. what I mean? Right. Or like, you can just come up with the belt and beat John Cena. You know, <laughs> like, no one else does that. Uh, but yeah, I would say, like, they put him into a good program. It wasn't like they just stuck him with a nobody, you right. know? So I don't know. And then last thing on, on I guess, the wrestling topic for you, um, how, your opinion on Bailey and Sasha Banks right now? Because for me, I think it's one of the best heel type things going on right now, personally. Man, they're <laughs> nailing it. You know, yeah. WWE doesn't get enough credit when they do something right. Mm-hmm. They're nailing it, man. They they bit down and, and went hard on Bailey as mm-hmm. a heel, and it's working. Like, they stuck with it. And she's she's arguably the best heel they got right now. Mm-hmm. Like she's so good at what she does, and her and Sasha is a great dynamic. Uh, it's great. I love it. And it's funny that most wrestling fans have just have been waiting and probably still are for this. You know, Bailey and Sasha. Right. Like, let Let's give them a, you know one of those great old matches. You know, an Iron Woman match or something. And mm-hmm. um, maybe it'll happen, but. But I, when it when it was going to happen, or at least when we thought it would happen, it would have been in the reverse. Like we thought Sasha would be the best bad guy, and it looks right. like Bailey is right now. Yep. And uh, and you know Sasha's always been kind of a tweener, you know. So I think this is a they've been nailing it. That's what I say. This is the <laughs> number one thing that they've. I would say there's two successes, as okay. in the like post, you know, in the quarantine era. I think it's just it's been Bailey, and Oscar. You know, yeah. I think Oscar's been so good, you know, so I think they're both like the stars of the quarantine era. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, sorry, Barry, just got buried in wrestling talk here. <laughs> nah, he probably <laughs> checked out. All yeah. <laughs> I mean, before the whole quarantine thing, like, you know, Barry had been coming over and we've been watching all the pay-per-views that just kind of stopped once the whole pandemic mm-hmm. thing happened. But, you know, mm-hmm. what can you do? You're either in or you're out on wrestling, I guess. Mm. I mean, some people are in and out a lot, yeah. you know, like, yeah, you, you're into it and then you're just not for a minute, but then you come back. I think like everyone has been in at some point in their life. You know? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I'm not buried over here. I'll let you know that. I'm f- <laughs> I- I'm resilient. I might I'm waiting for my chance to come back. There you go. There you go. I mean, all you needed was Edge to come back, right? Yeah, and that was so much fun. Like you, I, I remember like the, it's the small thing. So when we were watching the Royal Rumble before COVID hit, and I was yep. telling you about some of my favorite divas like Kelly Kelly and Michelle McCool, and then mm-hmm. Kelly Kelly pops on, and you looked over at me, and I'm like. I'm like, ah, look, it's Kelly Kelly, somebody I remember. So <laughs> it's it's always fun for them. And WWE does such a great job of giving you callback characters. And, like, in a lot of ways, you know, I, I really wish, you know, they, they had another main stage guy who was a masked fighter. Because I am Latino, I love that style of of wrestling but they every time they try that because like ever since ray you really haven't had that you know i remember their attempt with scene kata and <laughs> that and that just didn't work over well you know and he was he was awesome and high flying but i just we you never got to see enough of him yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think you got some now i'm not mass but you have umberto right and i mean i haven't seen him in a while but they're they're out there but not not on the level Ray has been at for I don't even know how many years he's been wrestling forever. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it. Yeah. But some of the other things that we went through and watched this week, uh, for me, it was Palm Springs and Curse mm-hmm. to the Netflix original. Uh, Palm Springs and I love Andy Samberg and the Lonely Island. Like what they come up with stuff is just something is always going to make me laugh with them, and Palm Springs did it. And if you didn't know. Andy Samberg's character Niall is trapped in this time loop where he just repeats the same day over again and you pick up the story where he's already been in this time loop for he doesn't even know how long and he either just lives through the day going on with it or you know subtle things change and eventually he gets a girl named Sarah accidentally falls into the time loop with him and then that's where the movie kind of begins with them their experience of trying to get out of that time loop but um, I don't know what it is Andy Samberg and his comedy are just funny and all of those guys with the lonely island are also really really funny so uh i this movie made me uh sign up for a hulu subscription and if that doesn't tell you enough that's <laughs> that uh you, you know definitely watch this movie by legal means by legal yeah, means make sure yeah, by legal means i really like this movie a lot i thought it was hilarious and go, go ahead with curse because i watched one episode and i know you finished it yeah, Cursed is the Netflix original series led by uh, Catherine Langford, who was the girl from the first season of 13 Reasons Why. And this this TV show, each episode's about an hour, and it's medieval times. It's a, it's a new telling on King Arthur in a lot of ways. And I love that period. I love medieval times with swords, sorcery, and all that type of magic and conflict and government, which is probably why I liked Game of Thrones so much, regardless of how the last season ended. We won't get into that. But um, they're, they're doing a lot of things different, and they're constantly surprising me. This show takes a while to get good, and I know not a lot of people have the patience for a TV show to get good in three, uh, in three episodes. But Netflix has the benefit of these episodes all go up at once so you watch them at your leisure it's not something where you have to return every sunday to watch it but cursed is fun and i really like what they're doing with the whole uh king arthur storyline and the sort of power and everything like that if if you're into that kind of stuff you should watch it and while it does take a while to get good it's i think it's worth it even though it is about 10 hours worth of your time 
Well, I enjoy the comic book angle too, like the Frank Miller style of film. Um, it's pretty cool. Hmm. So it's definitely worth a check out. I mean, it took me sitting down three separate times to get through the first episode, but now that I'm through it, I'm I think I'm in. So just that first, you know, a lot of people are going to watch that first episode, and if it doesn't click, there's so many things on Netflix, you're just on to the next one. So it may be a lot of people don't end up watching it, but it seems like the people who have really enjoyed it. So I'll definitely stick with it. Megaran, I'm not sure if you ended up watching any of this, but based on my explanation, do you want to watch any of these things? <laughs> I do. Um, you know, my wife and I do a lot of the TV watching together. So mm -hmm. I'm going to see if she approves, but I'm totally down to do this. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to check it out. Cool. Nice. All right. Um, other than that, did you end up watching anything else, Megaran, whether it was movies, TV shows, or anime even? Uh, Craig's not much of an anime person. I love I'm anime. Not. So uh, if whatever you're watching, I'm, I'm down to talk about it. <laughs> um, I just started watching, gosh, what did we watch together? Um, I only watch old anime these days. Oh, so I've okay. been rewatching Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Um, and I'd say if you're not an anime watcher, then that's one you should watch because I think it'll, it's enjoyable even if you're not. Uh, the whole thing's on Hulu, I believe, subbed and dubbed, whatever you prefer. Okay. Um, so you can check that out. Um, I started watching Community this week with my wife. I've never watched the show before. Um, really? So I started enjoying it. And um, gosh, what's the show on, is it Homecoming on Amazon? Have you guys heard of this? I think uh, I have. Um, I just started watching that. It's on two seasons now. Uh, it's this cool psychological thriller based on a podcast. Okay. Um, I didn't know much about it. I just started watching it out of nowhere. Julia Roberts is in it. And um, it's like this, uh, she runs this home, like a, 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 she's a social worker at this like support center for people who come home from, from the war. And they're all trying to like become, you know, parts of civilian life again. And uh, they can't figure out why they're there, but there's actually a second secret purpose to this whole facility, and I won't talk about that. But it's really good. It's a good watch. So, um, and I don't know if you guys prefer waiting weekly to do something, uh, get to watch something, or being able to just binge right away. But I kind of like being able to binge away. So I'll just wait and let a show pile up. So now that this one is is two seasons full, I can uh, I can actually just run through it a little bit. I hate having to wait, and I can't believe that I used to do it for so long with regular yeah, TV. That, like, we all I can't, did it. Yeah, I can't imagine it. going back. I just can't. Like I need it. I need it all now. It has to mm -hmm. be now, <laughs> or I'm just not going to watch it. I'll, I'll forget, and then I'll end up two or three episodes behind, and I'll never watch it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One of the things I did like about the weekly, and I only am mentioning this is because it's been so recent but when it was game of thrones and especially like the couple last seasons there was something cool about you know all of your friends coming over to watch one episode of something and then talking about it and then them leaving or uh like that's not something you really get anymore and i was in college at the time when the final season came out and it was it, it's it's just a lasting memory that you have is you know talking with your friends and but with all of the tv shows being bingeable now you know not a lot of people can sit there and watch 10 hours worth of something to binge with and everybody's schedules conflict that not everybody can be all be there at the same time either so you right. know there is a tiny aspect of the 
coming over weekly to watch something that I miss. But other than that, I do admit, like, I, I cursed all of been, uh, I binged all of cursed in like three days. So it, you know, it just goes <laughs> to show that I, I'm, I'm fall, I fall into the same trap there. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. So, uh, is there anything else anybody wants to talk about, uh, movie-wise, anime-wise, or anything like that? I'm good. All right. So I'll go ahead and do the outro here. Uh, once again, Mega Ran, I we really appreciate you coming on to the High Sensitivity Podcast. This has been a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, Craig and I can only talk to each other so much. We're to the point where we annoy <laughs> ourselves with how much we we talk to each other. So. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, and before I do the sign-off, I want people to know, you know, where can they find you on Twitch? Where can they find you on Instagram? And, you know, your your latest album is probably streaming on all uh, music platforms, but the, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you. All right, well, you can find me at MegaRan.com. Uh, you can get my music at MegaRanMusic.com, and you can get my merch at, you guessed it, MegaRanMerch.com. Uh, I do two songs a month on Patreon, so that's Patreon.com slash MegaRan. Uh, let you vote on what you want to hear, uh, games you want me to stream and all that on my Patreon and in my Discord. And lastly, the most place I hang out the most is probably on Twitter. So that would be at MegaRan. Although it looks like Meg Ryan when it's like scrunched <laughs> together. It's like it's a capital M and a capital R. So it looks like people are like, oh, I thought that said Meg Ryan. No, it didn't. Um, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> All right. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, if you guys are interested in following the startup of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, we are available. Uh, we do twit. We do stream on Twitch sometimes at High Sensitivity Podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on all the major platforms there. We're all on all major uh, podcasting platforms as well. And if you're interested with emailing us with questions that you want answered live or games that we should play. I would really appreciate if you email us at the high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com. But that's going to be it from Barry, Craig, and Megarand and I, and we will see you guys next time. See you later. Later.